Welcome to By the Glass, a podcast dedicated to boozy beverages and the people who make and drink them. I'm your host, Chris Paldoyan. So, I never got to take a home ec course. I'm still a little bitter about it. I feel like I've kind of missed out. Um, But I have worked in restaurants for a while now, and I feel like the skills needed to work successfully in a kitchen or dining room are kind of universal, like knowing how to multitask, quickly respond to change and stress, show up on time, financial literacy, all that shit you learn in a restaurant is really applicable to any part of your life. So when I heard that my buddy Adam Garcia had helped launch a nonprofit called PX Project that uses cooking to teach life skills to at-risk youth, I knew I wanted to get him on the pod. Adam previously served as the chef de cuisine at some of Houston's best restaurants, so I wanted to hear how working in kitchens like Rosie Cannonball and Cultivare and staging in Michelin-starred restaurants in Europe prepared him for this role. Here's Adam. Hey, what's up, Papa? Can you hear me? Hey, man. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, well, what about you? Yeah, you sound very good. Cool, cool. How, how's it going today? What have you been up to? Things are fantastic today. Nothing much. Um you know, worked in the morning. That's about it. Came home, went for a run. Ooh, you went for a run. That's about it. Yeah, I've been running the past, uh, dude, I'm serious. Every day for the past two weeks, I've been running at least two miles a day. Hell yeah. I love it. Where do you go running? What's your normal route? Just around the block here. I live in the Heights. There's a lot, little parts, but I just bought me a pair of uh, Hoka running shoes. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, dude, love it, man. Those Hoka shoes are very popular. My uh, PT actually runs in Hoka's. They've really? got that yeah. like really good support system in place. So they do. Yeah, they're awesome. My running route when I would go through the heights would always take me north on I think it's Heights Boulevard. There's that median that has a really great kind of like dirt path. Yeah. And then you can link up to uh the Heights uh Bayou Trail on White Oak. It kind of like right. parallels TC Jester. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where that's at. Yeah. But the good thing about that like Heights median, uh that running trail has so much shade that even if you go running in the middle of the day, there's there's generally good shade for you. Uh, yeah, sweet man. Well, fun. So, like, what's a normal day for you? Maybe like, when does it start? Like, what what sort of activities are you doing? What's like, like, walk me through that. Okay. Um, so let me see. Every week we start. You know, we do class. We do. I'm with the students Monday through Friday. Mm. Um, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday we cook meals for uh, some of the families in Sharpstown, Dolphton that aren't going to school since, uh, and some of them, the parents might work, so they might not eat. So there, we cook about 30 to 35 meals on those three days for them. Wow. Um, and then uh, we get together, we plan the meals out on like a Friday, since we don't cook Friday for, the, for mm. the following week. And curriculum is, I had a curriculum set out mm. before we started the whole thing, but that all just kind of went away once <laughs> I kind of just, you know, figure out what we needed to, yeah. to do. So this past week, we just got all uh, serve safe certified, which was great. Yeah. They all they all passed their uh, tests and everything. So we had about a week of studying there. So for people listening that aren't familiar, um, what is serve safe? What's that certification that you're talking about? So basically, anybody who works in food service needs to be. Uh, it's a, it's called serve safe. You need to be uh, accredited by the city of Houston. Um, and basically, it just makes sure that you know, uh, you know, kind of the basics, ins and outs of uh, food preparation safety. So how to store food, how to receive food, how to label, how to correctly wash your hands, 
um, everything from top top to bottom, how to clean, um, mm-hmm. basically just what you need to know before an inspector comes in uh, to check the place out. So fair enough. Make sure you're not killing people. Make sure that Correct. you're not poisoning yeah. anyone with you know exactly <laughs> raw chicken, chicken tartar. Not yeah, exactly. Not ideal. <laughs> um, so Adam, you are the director of operations for PX Project. Correct. What does PX stand for? So um, in the in some fine dining establishments, you might have heard, uh, you know, the term VIP was was used um, a lot whenever, uh, a, you know, somebody very important would come in and uh, eat. Well, um, if you're a diner and you're not a VIP person and you hear, you know, over here, somebody say, hey, that table's VIP, you know, you kind of get a little ticked off. So uh, so they started to use the word PFs, which means uh, it's French for personne extraordinaire. And, uh, you know, I to- kind of told the story about how we came up with the name was. A lot of times whenever you would hear the term, you know, whenever the chef would say, uh, hey, there's a PX table walking in, you would think it's like a celebrity or uh, an athlete. But nine times out of 10, it was like the dishwasher coming in with his parents or a server on a first date. Um, you know, it's, it's just more about the, the staff and treating them with respect and treating them well. So we're trying to say that mm-hmm. these people that we're you know, working with are extraordinary people. So mm-hmm. the organization as a whole, your job or what you're trying to do is, you know, teach young people, adolescents, um, the basics of cooking and use kind of that teaching of cooking as a way to teach them, you know, certain skills that they'll need later in life. Right. How, how would you describe what you're giving to people through this? Right. Process? So. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole thought behind the project was we are not a culinary school. You know, we are not, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, push these guys to become, you know, a, a line cook if they don't want to or anything else mm-hmm. else like that. Um, you and I both know, and a lot of pe- people know that there are a lot of other jobs in a restaurant besides server and cook. Uh, yeah. You wear many, many hats. Uh, you come in contact with many, many people. You learn to to handle money. You learn to, ha- you know, <laughs> you, you, you learn the gift gift of gab a little bit too. I, I felt like working in restaurants and managing restaurants, like you really do learn a little bit of everything. I would joke yeah. to like my friends and family that hadn't worked in restaurants before. It's like, yeah, you're a little bit of a plumber. You're a little yes, bit of an exactly. uh, electrical engineer. You're yep. the HR department. You're really doing everything. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Once, once you realize how much it costs to call a plumber on a Saturday night at midnight whenever you're slammed it's you know you figure a way around it so (laughs) um but yeah basically you know we want to give these kids kind of just like more life life skills so um every week usually on fridays we want to either i will talk to them or we'll have somebody else but teaching kind of uh social emotional skills Hmm. as well so even if these people want to go out into a job that of their choosing you know, we want them to be headstrong and uh, confident about it. So, you know, what we're teaching every day is how to show up to work on time, you know, dressed appropriately, how to, you know, just kind of like the ins and outs of just having a job, period. Yeah. And then uh, we want to help them find job placement um, whenever this is all done. So whenever the 12-week program is done. When when did y'all start? Um, we started in... Uh, I want to say late August, early September. Hmm. Yeah. So kind of so. paralleling the the school semester, right? I mean, right, right. 
was that the goal to kind of have it map up kind of like when school starts as kind of an extracurricular activity for the kids or what's what was kind of the logic for the timing there? Yeah, kind of. Um, a lot of the uh, the youth in the Sharpstown Gulf, Gulfton area are uh, disconnected uh, youth, which means they're not in school and they don't have a job. So hmm. um, kind of to fill that time is when we started to kind of, it, it would be a great time for us to have this project going going on so and then this is coming from like a dumb place of you know privilege but how does someone become a disconnected youth like how does that happen that you don't find yourself in a school system at an age when you normally would be um well some of them have graduated um okay and a lot of them um their situations at home um won't allow them to go to college um mm. one of them uh, his mother is uh one of our students his mother is uh disabled and they, he has five siblings, and he's he's basically the breadwinner for the house. So wow, um, he's an amazing soccer soccer player, and <laughs> I, I mean he could get a scholar scholarship, but he he can't leave, and that's mm. it's 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 heart you know breaking really. And so um, he had to find find work, and so we're helping him kind of you know get get on his on his feet, and hopefully uh, help him find something soon. So yeah, so you. For people listening that maybe aren't familiar with the neighborhood that you're serving, you know, one of the first things I always tell my friends from the Northeast whenever they come and visit or people that aren't familiar with the city is how diverse the greater Houston area is. And the area mm-hmm. that you're specifically serving is the Gulfton Sharpstown area. Correct. Do you want to talk a little bit about the demographics of that area and kind of not just from like a ethnic side of things, but also from a socioeconomic uh, standpoint? Right. Right, right, right. So, um, so just to give you a little background, all of our students, the the three students that we have for our pilot program now, they all came to the United States about five years ago. They were born in uh, refugee camps in uh, Kenya and in uh, Tanzania. But a little bit about the area. So, more than eighty countries are represented in the Sharpstown Gulfton area. It is the most diverse na- neighborhood in the United States, which is wow, just crazy. Um, Forty-eight percent of the families there live either at or below the poverty line. However, only two percent of those people receive public assistance. Hmm. So you know, it's it's not like people aren't working. It's not like pe- people are you know they're wanting to work, but the population is just so dense there, and a lot of people don't have um, you know cars or a means of transportation to actually get out of the area to to work. So um, it's five times denser than neighborhood in uh, Houston, which is kind of crazy. Hmm. Um, Just thinking about how diverse an area like that is, you know, it's funny because I, I think a lot of people in Houston that live in the innermost loop kind of think about what goes on in the innermost loop and that's about it. And for someone like you that worked in some of the best restaurants in the city to suddenly move into this role where you're doing a lot of, you know, you're working outside of that inner loop. um, How did you link up to PX in the first place? Well, it was, uh, you know, one of our direct directors, her name is, uh, Meredith Davis. One, one of my best, best, uh, friends. She is, um, she had this idea about two or three years ago and, um, you know, she wanted to follow the model of what Liberty's t- kitchen was doing in, uh, new Orleans and what, um, cafe momentum does in Dallas. Um, they kind of cater more towards the recently incarcerated. 
help helping them kind of get back into the workforce. But, um, you know, she worked in the Sharp Sound Gulfton area a lot and had this idea of creating a workforce development kitchen out there. Um, mm. And she thought that the kitchen would be the perfect place for somebody to kind of get started in, you know, jobs. So, um, you know, at the time I had a commitment and I was the chef partner of a restaurant that had just opened. But um, the way timing happened, happened that kind of fell through and um we ended up link linking up and you know i i fell in love with the project from the beginning and i always told her that i you know wanted to be a part of it so very cool timing happened yeah you're talking about some of the goals for the program being you know financial literacy you know helping people eventually get placed in a job learning a skill set learning how to show up on time learning some responsibility um it's three guys that you're working with right now correct yeah. Um, and you were telling me a little bit about one of them, the one that's kind of like in the middle of five siblings, right? Uh-huh. But what about like anecdotally, or what are some experiences that you've had with them in the kitchen um, that maybe are different than the ones that you've had working in professional kitchens? Um, oh, man, where do we start? <laughs> uh, you know, just I-, I took them to Central Market once and what I thought was going to be just an in and out kind of, uh, you know, which is a grocery store down here in Houston for for those those of you that don't live live here might not know what that but it, it it's it's a it's an amazing market and it has every type of fruit and veg and vegetable that you would want amazing you know everything so we walked in there and what should have been a ten minute in and out grab some fruit and then leave turned into just like I mean they were so wide eyed and saw fruits and veg and vegetables that they had never even heard of so I just told them to grab whatever they like wanted what they wanted to taste what they thought was weird what they thought was was cool and then we brought it back to the kitchen and we kind of explained a little bit about it um and then just kind of talked them through how it's uh prepared where it's where it's uh from but i mean i'm it, it truly is something that you know they kind of show show me how they were kind of brought up in cooking food really does bind us together and so we've had a lot of like back back and forth you know talks about uh you know even from how to how to pronounce food in like uh in swahili which is their native tongue and, uh, you know, just going back and, and forth like that has been a lot of fun. So, hmm. yeah. You talked a little bit about your background and mm-hmm. you worked at a lot of restaurants that really focused on Mediterranean food, right? Like, mm-hmm. I remember you were gearing to take a huge kind of like R&D trip through Italy and Spain. Uh, I think you spent a little bit of time in France, maybe. But you were traveling all over, right? Like right, you were in the Basque yeah. country, you were in Italy. What were some of the experiences that you learned doing that that you can apply in this job now? I mean, for me, a lot of it was like, you know, when you kind of put away the cookbooks, you know, whenever I was trying to come up with like curriculum here, you know, I was kind of like racking my brain. I bought some of the CIA cookbooks and everything, trying to work through a textbook curriculum. And then I kind of realized that like, you know, I I, I didn't finish culinary school. I'm not that uh, kind of like a book smart type person. I can't really sit down and read a book, mm-hmm. you know. And going back, whenever I put away the books and I just kind of like look through my old photos of my travels and of, of old dishes and break it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just like more, most core form of just like, food pairings and why I really love the things that I loved. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter if I'm at a, you know, Michelin star place or just at a, you know, tapas bar in, in uh, Spain, just getting that new like food flavor pairing was what was something that I'm trying to like, you know, kind of show them to new, you know, new flavors, new tech uh, neeps. So 
Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about some of the things that you're offering, right? Like you're giving people the opportunity to learn how to work in a restaurant. But when you and I can probably think of various restaurants that we've worked in that were like total shit shows, like you can learn right. like how to work in a in a like cloistered, you know, establishment, like, you know, a test kitchen. But then when it comes, mm -hmm. but then when it comes to, you know, actually being in a real restaurant, things can go off the rails pretty quick, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how you yeah. prepare people for that side of things when it's like you were saying earlier, when it's 10 o'clock at night and, you know, the toilet's overflowing and two guys didn't show up to their shift. So now you're covering <laughs> for someone else, right? Like, exactly. yeah. Suddenly you've got your dishwasher guy, you know, working saute or something <laughs> like that, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. How do you prepare people for that? That's, that's, that's hard. I mean, that's just one of those, you know, uh, until it, it happens, I think you just kind of, you just had to roll, roll with the uh, punches, you know, but um, we're hoping to, our, our big goal is in a few years, we want to, uh, we were supposed to be breaking ground by the end of, by hope, hopefully early next year, but we want to build a cafe out there in uh, Sharps Town, Golfton, where um, these kids are going to be responsible for running their own little small cafe. And we want it to be completely student ran from the graduates in this uh, program. So, so hopefully they'll get that experience before it's, uh, you know, before it's, before they're, they're thrown into like an, an actual restaurant kitchen. So. You, you mentioned that really great story about uh, taking taking the guys to uh, Central Market. But what are some dishes that you've had a lot of success cooking with them that have served as great educational tools? So um, we've, you know, taken them a lot of time. We've uh, today we made like a strawberry jam uh, hmm. that we're jarring and that we're we're selling at the uh, at the church where we make our our food and. You know, it's it's kind of cool to see uh, they they are familiar with the end product. You know, they're they're familiar with the taste and the flavor, but to see them, you know, to get raw strawberries come in and and have them process it, and then they have that ah aha moment where it's cooked, and then they they taste it, and they're like, oh wow, I know that I made yeah. that. Like that's that's how that's that's made. Uh, that's been really really cool for them to to see or just. You know, we've made a lot of, you know, pasta sauces from from scratch. And um, one of the things that we had that was kind of cool was that we were donated a lot of food, which is great. Um, a lot of people gave us like little canned tomato sauce and everything. Well, I kind of told them like, you know, you can buy this canned tomato sauce, but I'm going to show you how to doctor it up and make it better. So I got, you know, a little can of like Prego tomato sauce that was donated to us. And, you know, we had to use it. We don't, we don't want to waste, waste anything. So, you know, showed them how to like slice fresh garlic, put that in oil, let that let that kind of cook, get that flavor flavor going, you know, finish it with some fresh herbs, add some like tomato sauce. So showing how you can get, get stuff like, like that, that they might. Yeah. Like exhibit pimp my ride, you know, you got to, exactly, yeah. Yeah. You got to freak it, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, that was, that was kind of a uh, cool, cool for them to see. Yeah. I think it's also about like being able to utilize, you know, whatever skills you learn, maybe you're going to use it in a job setting. Maybe, maybe this is an opportunity for them to pursue some sort of culinary career working as a yeah. line cook, you know, or something like that. But it's also just like the basic skills of like, you know, a previous generation maybe learned home ec, but I remember having lots of friends that literally had no idea how to cook anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, in the pop, the neighborhoods that they, they live in, one of the reasons why um, a lot of them don't eat is like I said, a lot of them don't have trance, 
transportation. And it's so dense that once the grocery stores in that area are run out of some, and they, they, they had this during COVID, they just don't eat the, you know, mm-hmm. once the grocery stores are picked through, they just can't go to the next HEB, you know, a few miles down the, the road. So, you know, teaching them how to use what we have and what we were given and, you know, showing them how to break down a chicken from, from whole and explaining that, Hey, um, you know, you're going to pay a lot less for a chicken that's whole. And I'm going to show you how to break this down. And it might last a few days worth of, you know, meals. So something yeah. like that is something that, and then, you know, make, you make stock from the bones and you make a soup the following day. So that was some, something that, you know, they, they really enjoyed. So, so being in this kind of like teaching role, what experience did you have kind of teaching before this? Um, zero. Hmm. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I trained every line line cook that came came into the restaurant, and you know, I spent a lot of time with every stage that we we had. But other than that, I had zero kind of. Let's be real. There's training. not generally a lot of training given to like restaurant employees. Normally, it's like <laughs> yeah. one day maybe, and then it's like, all right, you'll figure yeah. it out. Have fun. <laughs> My first like week that I was doing this, I came home and. I told Lauren, I was like, I'm going to write a thank you note to every teacher I've ever had mm-hmm. in my life, just because you you understand, you know, the, how, how hard it, it actually is. So um, yeah. I'm getting better. But <laughs> what do you guys have planned for the next cohort coming in? What do you think you'll do differently? What do you think you're going to keep the same? How's it going to be different for the next set? Um, you know, we're going to kind of dictate that at, at the very end. We want to talk to our students now that are going through it, what they would, you know, what they would do differently, kind of get their feedback on, on a lot of things. Um, cause it will be their peers that are going to come in next, but, um, it, it changes every week. You know, I had, like I said, I had this whole thing writ, written out of what I was going to teach and then, you know, week by week, we're going to move, move on and learn stops and sauces and this and that. But, you know, you, you learn that people have a different level of uh, learning too. So you have to kind of, um, kind of have to not deal with that, but you kind of have to play around that a little bit. So each, each, each kid learns differently. And, um, you know, we expect that the next, next time around too. And we're also playing with different seasons too. So, you know, with this uh, group of kids, we want to do, uh, we're going to work on our thanks, uh, giving food next so um, lots of gourds and autumnal produce available yeah yeah exactly so um you know we kind of want to do this little um buy a meal give a meal thing to where you know the families in the sharp sound and gulf Gulfton area will receive a meal if somebody purchases a thanks thanksgiving meal for them so mm-hmm. um so that's something kind of fun that we're kind of playing out now so very cool yeah what else do you want people to know about the program? What else is going on with PX or what else is going on in the Sharpstown, Gulfton area that, that you think people should hear about? Um, man, they have a really fantastic soccer team called a uh, revision mm-hmm. FC. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the um, COVID has kind of stopped the practices and the games for now, but they're, they're really awesome. Um, we do a food drive uh, every Saturday at St. St. Luke's United Methodist Church on West on Westheimer that um, you know you can give and that goes straight to the neighborhood there. A lot of you know cool places just to go check out. One day soon, uh, the kids are going to take me to their favorite restaurants in that neighborhood, and I'm so excited about that. So 
<laughs> I I don't know what is Tanzanian cuisine. What is that? What is what is I that? I know uh, we're gonna make fufu together, and we made. Um, uh, I know I'm going to say this wrong, but um, pulao, which is like a rice dish that they have on their birthdays every year. And uh, I made it with ground ground lamb and a lot of uh, veg- vegetables some curries, curries, spices. So um, it's really cool that they're getting involved now with some of the dishes that they grew up on. And they're showing Tell me, me more what, about uh, fufu. I, d- I don't know what fufu is. What's what's the vibe? Yeah, that? so. So fufu was something that they um, that they used to make. It's just literally, it's kind of like a bread. It's just flour and like water that they mix that they meet, eat with every meal. It's kind of just more mm. of like a filling, like a filling thing. But it's their mm. their version of like a like a like a dough. So um, and it's cooked yeah. like in a skillet situation, or is it baked? Um, the uh, it is actually it's it's both. You can make it with a uh, cassava too. Hmm. So it's something like that. Um, yeah, it usually has a uh, cassava or, uh, you know, they kind of put either yams or any, any other starch, starchy veg. Um, and mm-hmm. then they just boil boil it and then kind of form it into, you know, kind of balls um, and then bake them. So hmm. have you learned anything else about like Tanzanian or Kenyan cuisine? Uh, I, haven't, I haven't yet. Um, that's their homework, though, is to, <laughs> to give me some something to try out so i'm excited the about student it. becomes the teacher exactly <laughs> yep fun uh well yeah, adam if people want to learn more about px project where can they go to get that information so we should have our website live by the end of the week but right now our instagram page is the best way to reach us and that is px project houston all one uh, word mm-hmm. um but then the website will be uh, pxproject.com, so, or sorry, .org. Um, and that should be up, like I said, by the end of the week. Um, or you can find us on face, Facebook with PX Project. Um, yeah, or you can um, you know, email me direct, directly at agarcia at stlutesunitedmethodist.org. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. And look forward to hearing more about uh, PX Project in the uh, months to come. It'll be great. Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks. Thanks uh, for having me on. Again, that website is pxproject.org. So check it out. There's lots of really great information there about ways that you can help them help the Sharpstown Gulfton community. So check it out. Make sure to subscribe to Buy the Glass so that you can hear every episode we've recorded. Um, And yeah, have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you soon.